ultimately the client's priorities have to have to be put ahead of the advisors. And I think in this case, my experience, I don't believe that the advisor legitimately had my interests ahead of hers. The advisor in a scenario like this will make roughly 24% more if you work with an advisor and it's just a lazy IA, a lazy, a lazy investment advisor who is just throwing you into a balance fund. Um, I would say, honestly, you really need to shop around uh, for uh, uh, potentially for a different advisor or at a minimum have this discussion with them so that they may be able to rearrange things. Overall, you are paying almost 34% more to own the balance fund as opposed to if you, if you simply took the components of that. Not a, not, not a lot of math here, 34%, 36%, 12%. And you took those and simply switched those into the equivalent fund, even with the same fund company, and invest in those specific asset classes, you're going to save a significant amount of fees on an annual basis. Many, many years ago now, when I was around 20 or so, I decided that I wanted to invest a sum of money that I had accumulated. And I knew I didn't want to do what I'd been doing to that point. I'd been a uh, penny stock uh, investor for a very brief period of time. And I learned that even as a younger investor, that wasn't the style I wanted to pursue. So I made an appointment at uh, my bank, uh, the Royal Bank at the time that I was doing business with. And I decided I was going to go in and talk with an investment advisor. So I did do that. I remember at the time being quite shy. I mean, I was very naive as an investor. Walked in and met with a very nice lady who was you know, the, the investment advisor at the branch I was at there. We discussed my situation. She asked me a bunch of questions like what I wanted to do with the money. It was a pretty brief meeting, but at the end of the meeting, I walked away from there with a very, very first investment recommendation that I ever received from a professional. She um, had offered a solution to me, which was easy to understand. She said it was good diversification. That's what we wanted because you know I, I wanted some stocks, I wanted some bonds uh, because of my limited investment experience to that point. She said she had a one ticket solution for me and she recommended, I remember the very first fund I ever owned, the Royal Bank Balanced Fund. According to her, it checked all the boxes, right? Like I said, I wanted some equities. Well, there was a component of equities in this fund. I wanted some bonds because my experience with the penny stocks had been kind of a volatile. I knew I wanted something a little bit more conservative there. And knowing virtually nothing at the time, I felt pretty good leaving her office there. The Royal Bank Balanced Fund sounded like exactly the solution I needed for my investing needs. I did learn a very important lesson from that experience, but I, I wish I would have learned it that day. It took me many, many years before I finally clued in. And in hindsight, I realized how her recommending the Balanced Fund served her needs more than they served mine. Uh, it served two purposes for her. Number one is she didn't have to manage the money, right? So when you buy a mutual fund or when you buy an ETF, that, that um, the, the process of managing the funds actually gets passed over to the fund manager. That's, that's one thing, but it does get more sinister than that. I also learned later that by recommending the balanced fund as opposed to other funds that she could have offered me, she also got paid more by offering that investment. I'm talking here about what's called the trailing commission. And if you own a mutual fund, this is part of the fee that you pay. I do wanna be clear, I wanna take a moment here. The advisor deserves to be paid, obviously. If they're doing work on your behalf, if they're looking after you, uh, they do deserve to make their living that way, but it does have to be fair. And ultimately, the client's priorities have to, have to be put ahead 
of the advisors. And I think in this case, my experience, I don't believe that the advisor legitimately had my interests ahead of hers. Now I'm talking here about mutual funds. And if you think that mutual funds are a relic from the past and everyone switched over to ETFs, I wanna ask you to think again. And even if we just look at the most recently available statistics. So these are from February, 2023, the IFIC statistics. So IFIC is the Investment Funds Institute of Canada. Total ETF assets were $328 billion. Compare that to mutual funds where there was a $1.868 trillion market value. If we look at this chart here, comparing the two at the end of 2023, we can clearly see the yellow is ETFs, the blue bar is mutual funds. Mutual funds simply dwarf the amount of money that is invested in ETFs. This chart here shows the breakdown of asset classes. When we look at the mutual funds, the blue section is the balanced category, $880 billion invested in that category. Equity funds, by contrast, have $650 billion invested in them, and bonds have about $223 billion overall. We can clearly see here that the mutual fund industry still has a very strong hold on the overall investment picture for a lot of Canadians uh, right here at home. Now, I do want to get back to my story, but first I want to just take a moment and I want to thank the sponsor for our video today, Passive. And Passive is a great tool for passive investors. Whether you're new or whether you're established, if you're managing your own investing, Passive is the tool. It simply allows you to be a better investor. You're going to be more organized, you're gonna make better investment decisions, and you're gonna feel more confident in your portfolio. And this is really important, especially for younger uh, DIY investors. Passive makes it so easy to connect your entire portfolio from your brokerage, and that's very, very powerful for you. It helps you manage your portfolio and analyze it as one single piece, which saves you time and gives you the 10,000 foot view of your investment position. Passive returns so much value in time and in money. It eliminates the need for those you know, cumbersome spreadsheets that we all tend to use. No more equations, no more calculating what you need to buy or how much to sell. No more logging in to execute these trades one by one. You set a target, you have passive do the heavy lifting, and all you need to do is execute the necessary trades you can do this with one click. This is how it's done behind the scenes in the professional industry. If you're a portfolio manager, you have an overview of your client's portfolio. You can line up all the trades and execute them all in one click rather than going in and making multiple, multiple trades. This truly will change the way you look at your portfolio. If you are considering big changes, you create a model portfolio and that allows you to understand the impact of every move that you're gonna make before you make them, that's critical. Passive notifications give you the feeling of freedom that your portfolio is self-managing while you're doing the things that are more important to you. When the market changes, when new cash hits your account, you're gonna be notified so you can decide exactly what to do. When it comes to pricing, Passive Elite is a bargain at only $99 a year. And a little bit further in this video, I'm gonna talk about how important fees are. You're gonna see how much money that you can actually save by using Passive. If you are a Quest Trade user, Passive is free. If you're not with Quest Trade, there is actually a free account as well. No credit card is required to get started. I will put a link in the description of this video here. And I would strongly encourage you, if you are a DIY investor, to check out Passive and see how they might be able to help you with your investment portfolio. Now, I do wanna get back to my story here. You'll recall that the advisor, in this case, told me that a balanced fund sort of ticked all the boxes for me. I don't believe that this exists, okay? Everyone's objectives are a little bit different. So to expect that this a balanced fund is gonna serve the purposes of millions of different investors just isn't realistic. You've got people at different uh, objectives, different stages of their life, different life uh, experiences. It's crazy to think that a balanced fund, the go-to, as we can see most Canadians own when it comes to the mutual fund segment, uh, would solve that. I remember thinking, okay, I was 20 years old or so at the time. My grandma was probably around 70. Uh, should we both own the same balance fund? 
I would like to see that things would be more customized. And you know, at the time, I just accepted what the lady had to say. I didn't realize that there was more to it than that, right? Um, as your circumstances change, as you get older, um, so do your needs. So no one balanced fund can just simply keep things in line uh, for every investor as time goes by. Now, the story so far has looked at the logistics of what's happened, the concept so far. But I want to talk now about fees. And this is where I'm not happy. This is where the problem for me really comes into place. A balanced fund takes all the various classes, like equities, like bonds, everything else, and it lumps them together, combines them into one fund, and it charges one flat fee. So definitely that's a convenient way. What I'm gonna do in this video is I'm gonna take the current version of the RBC Balanced Fund just as an example here, as a proxy for other similar type of funds out there. And I'm gonna break it down into the various components. So you've got the equity component, you've got the fixed income component, etc., etc. Obviously, um, I don't have all of the information available from the fund I bought so many years ago, so I will use this fund as an example. The numbers won't be exact, but the concept will be absolutely valid. Really clear here, I'm not picking on RBC. I, I'm going with them as the example here because that's what I that's the fund I bought all those years ago, but this video is not meant at all to pick on them as a whole. Again, this is representative of pretty much every fund company uh, across uh, the board. So when you look at the current version of the RBC Balanced Fund, let's look at a breakdown of the various asset classes. And you can see on their chart here, you have a small cash component, you have fixed income coming in at the largest weighting of 36% almost. You've got Canadian equities that are around 34%, US equities at 12.7, etc. down the line there. So you can see that's the makeup of the fund. You can also see it has a management expense ratio. So the cost of owning this fund at 2.13%. So that's how much it costs you to own the fund. But you might want to also ask how much does the advisor make? And this is critical um, in this discussion today. You can see by the fun facts here that RBC Global Asset Management pays your representative's firm a trailing commission. The rate for this series of funds is 1% of the value of your investments each year. So of the money that the investment dealer takes in as a management fee, they take 1% of that and give that to the advisor on an ongoing uh, an ongoing basis. Now I'm gonna now break down, to, I'm gonna take the overall composition of the fund and break it down into each of these asset categories. So I'm just gonna start, for example, with the RBC bond fund. And as we saw, this is 36% of the total portfolio is the bond fund. The management expense ratio for the bond fund is 1.05%. So this is saying to me that of 36% of the portfolio that you are paying 2.13% as a management expense ratio on, you could simply by stripping that part out and using bond, a bond fund instead of that balance fund, you would be paying a 1.05% management fee, management expense ratio, as opposed to paying 2.13%. How much does the advisor make on this? Well, we know that they make 1% per year on the value of your account if you're in the balanced fund. If you are in the bond fund specifically, that drops to one half of a percent per year. So instead of making 1%, they're making a half, 50% less revenue. Of 36% of this portfolio, the advisor makes more and it costs you more. If we look at the Canadian equity part of the portfolio, so 34% was the Canadian equity sector. So I'm gonna use the RBC Canadian Equity Fund as the proxy for this, and we can see that the management expense ratio is 1.87%. Again, let's compare that to the 2.13 that you're paying for the privilege of having this into a balanced fund. So when you look at the bond fund, which is I think 36% of the, of the portfolio, 1.05% management expense ratio. You look at 34% in the equity fund here, 1.87% MER, 70% of your portfolio, the bonds, Canadian equity fund, you could pay those lower fees, 
but for the convenience of having this in a balanced fund, you're paying that 2.13%. When we look at the component of US equities, I'm gonna use the RBC US equity fund, 12.7% of the portfolio overall. Management expense ratio is 1.88%. So you can kind of get the idea here uh, that I'm talking about the different segments. So I'm not gonna break down all of the segments, but I'm just gonna quickly summarize those. You have a 6.7% European equity. So the RBC European Equity Fund has an MER of 2.1%. Uh, Asia Pacific, 2.8% of the fund. I'm looking at the RBC Asia Equity Fund. The management expense ratio is 2.01. In the emerging market space, there's 4.2% of the portfolio. RBC Emerging Markets Equity Fund has a management expense ratio of 2.22. Finally here, we do see a fund that actually has a slightly higher management fee than the balanced fund, 2.22 versus 2.13. Real estate makes up 2% of the portfolio. I don't find a an RBC real estate fund specifically, but I'm just gonna use the 2.13% management expense ratio just to keep it fair. And there's a small percentage of the portfolio, 1.5% in the money market fund. The management expense ratio for that is 0.19%. Let's just take a quick look at the math here to get a final sort of a concrete idea of what this actually means when we start talking dollars and cents. The first row here is the RBC balanced fund. 2.13% is the management expense ratio. And I'm just looking at various account sizes, 10,000, 100,000, 500,000, and a million dollars. And if you think people don't have a million dollars invested in mutual funds, uh, again, think again, because I, I, I know uh, as an advisor, I was always somewhat dismayed when people would come in for a consultation and they'd have a, a million dollars or more all in these higher fee mutual funds. So it, it is, these numbers are actually um, valid. If we take and move it down to various components. So the money market fund, 1.5% of the portfolio, the management expense ratio is 0.19% on that. If you have a $10,000 portfolio, the cost is actually just negligible um, on that. If you have a $100,000 portfolio, you pay $3 a year. $500,000 portfolio, you'd pay $14 a year. And on a million dollars portfolio, you would pay $29 a year. If you look at the Canadian equity component, 34.3% of the portfolio, MER of 1.87%, you could see with a $10,000 account, that would cost you $64 a year, $641 for a $100,000 account, $500,000, your annual cost would be $3,207, and for a million dollars account, you'd be paying $6,414 per year. And we can sort of look on down the line, the totals, $159 a year for the $10,000 account, $15.92 for $100, $79.59 a year for half a million, and then $15,917 for a million dollars account. Overall, you are paying almost 34% more to own the balance fund as opposed to if you, if you simply took the components of that. Not a, not, not a lot of math here, 34%, 36%, 12%, and you took those and simply switched those into the equivalent a fund, even with the same fund company, and invest in those specific asset classes, you're going to save a significant amount of fees on an annual basis. The bonus to this strategy also is that you can customize it more exactly to what your specific needs are. If you're not a do-it-yourself investor, and if you use an advisor, you, uh, you should have this conversation. You need to have this conversation if you are uh, yeah, if you're if you have a larger amount of money or even a small amount of money, the math kind of you know from a percentage perspective, it still works the same. And we have that compounding effect. If you own a balanced fund of any type, you want to have this discussion with your with your advisor. The advisor compensation it will vary. We talked about the the, the trailing fee. The advisor in a scenario like this will make roughly twenty four percent more 
by having a balanced fund as opposed to going down and breaking it into fees. For example, if we look at a $10,000 account, the advisor would be paid $100 a year for the first scenario with the balanced fund. They would be paid $81 a year with those asset classes segmented out. Let's just flip right over to the million dollar column. $10,000 a year would be the cost at 1% per year. With the more evenly balanced or with the segregated portfolio, you're looking at $8,075 a year, so savings of almost $2,000. Imagine an advisor who has a multi, multi, multi million dollar book of business, which is pretty much the norm. You can really see the incentive here for advisors to recommend the balanced fund, even if it's strictly from a compensation perspective. So um, something you really need to look at. So let's look at a solution for this big problem here. The first thing you need to know is you need to know what the correct asset allocation segmentation is for you. You need to do your homework to understand how that portfolio um, should be constructed. Make sure you have exposure to the various asset classes, like you're gonna need some equity funds, but you can pick an equity fund that suits the need for that component. You can pick a bond fund separately that works for you there. Essentially what you do is you construct your own balanced fund. And it really is that simple. You, you don't need a ton of funds, but as long as you have exposure to all, those, um, all of the major sectors um, and customize it to yourself, that's probably, uh, quite frankly, it kind of gets as simple as that. If you do own a balanced fund today, ask yourself why. There might be a valid reason. If you are a DIY investor and you have no idea how to manage, you don't know what your segmentation is, and you're willing to pay that significant extra fee for the convenience of this all-in-one ticket, um, then you know what? Maybe you place value on that money, uh, which can be significant for the convenience, for the simplicity of all that. If you work with an advisor and it's just a lazy IA, a lazy, a lazy investment advisor who is just throwing you into a balanced fund, um, I would say, honestly, you really need to shop around uh, for uh, potentially for a different advisor or at a minimum have this discussion with them so that they may be able to rearrange things um, from um, to help you out, put your interests first. Any capable advisor, even one with very little experience, can, can surely take a portfolio of mutual funds and then simply segregate those uh, into equities, into fixed income, etc. Uh, I don't think it matters how much money you have invested, whether it's a small amount of money, where it's a large amount of money, um, it's still your hard earned money. And the fees that you are paying now are, have huge implications down the road. So make sure that you're not paying fees that you don't actually have to pay now. Should you do it yourself? Should you be a DIY investor? Or should you work with an investment advisor? And how do you choose one if you are? This video here will tell you everything you need to know there. I will invite you to check the link for our investing academy in the description below. Thank you for watching this video and I do look forward to seeing you as always in the next video.